Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is a special edition of Top Turtle MMA Podcast because as we do sometimes, we just have so many interviews, so much good content that we've got want to get to you, the people, that we just can't fit it all in one episode. So I've got two bonus interviews for you guys. We talk with Louis Smolka as he prepares for his upcoming matchup this weekend, as well as Jimmy Crew, who's on the main card fighting Misha Serkinov in a battle that should probably get a number next to his name should he come out victorious. So we wanted to get you both those interviews, and we're going to do that right after we mentioned that this bonus episode is brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Make sure to go to Rampage Coffee, use promo code Turtle 20, that's right, Turtle 20, and get 20% off the freshest coffee on the planet because they roast your coffee to order. It's 100% organic, chemical-free raw coffee. You're going to want to check these guys out because they have the best coffee out there. And if you really need that extra boost in the morning or before you go to the gym, make sure to check out their C4 brand of coffee, which has four times the amount of caffeine as your regular coffee. They also got a really nice dark and a medium roast, so check them all out at rampagecoffee.com. Rampage Coffee brings you these interviews with Louis Smolka and Jimmy Crew. This is Daniel Gumby breathing with Top Journal MMA on ClowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Louis Smolka, who fights Ryan McDonald at UFC in Vancouver this weekend coming up. So, Louis... You know, it looks like the UFC have sort of reinvested in their flyweight division after being, you know, kind of down on it for, you know, it seemed like almost the better part of a year. Do you have any thoughts about going back down to flyweight? I, I know you made some time back down there earlier in your career. Uh, honestly, not right now. Um, I'm focused on being the best bantamweight I can be and overcoming the challenges that are in front of me right now. Not really too worried about going back down. Um, it's it's a pretty tough cut for me right now, and like I'm not really thinking about that too much. Makes a lot of sense to me, and, and you know a lot of people are making their their move up anyway. Other than the cut, is there something that you like about yourself at 135 pounds that maybe you didn't have at 125 pounds? Uh, yeah, um, I feel like I hit a lot harder. Um, I just I feel a lot better, you know, just in general. I feel like I'm able to move, you know. Cutting down to flyweight, um, I felt like I cut so deep. I was like, cu- like most people are cutting into like fat and muscle. I felt like I was cutting into like bone and organ when I got down to like the last few pounds. You know, like there was like nothing left to cut from. The water was probably just coming out of my organs and bones. You know, and um, I just felt like I di- I didn't feel good at that weight. I was wondering, you know, why was I even doing strength and conditioning? I'm losing all my muscle anyway. Like, what's the point? You know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your past before we get to this upcoming fight, too, and a little future stuff. I want to talk to you. You you actually headlined a card, a UFC card, against uh, Patty O'Houlihan. And, yeah. and I know that it's been a long career for you, but, you know, not a lot of people get to headline a UFC card. How do you look back at that moment, you know, given your current status? Um, it was just lucky, you know, honestly, like I was fighting a hometown guy who had a big name, Connor's teammate. I guess it was smart that I chose to fight him, but it was pretty lucky, you know, that just everyone ended up getting hurt for all the other cards fell out and I was ready to go. It was just, it was a matter of being ready, you know, and able to take the opportunity. And, and does, do you feel like you have sort of added experience being in a headlining fight, you know, in Ireland against an Irish guy, or, or is it just sort of another fight in your past now? Um, 
I mean, it's a, it was a great experience. You know, the crowd was awesome, and it was a really fun time. You know, it was awesome to get to feel the energy of a main event, and the crowd was really into it. You know, I miss those Irish fans. They're they're fun dudes, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they're passionate fans, and I kind of miss that energy. You know, but it's just it is what it is. You know, it's another. It, it was it was a great experience. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk to you about an experience that a lot of people have talked about, and that's the UFC coming to Hawaii. Because I know you're a Hawaiian guy. You've probably heard a hundred times that people want the UFC, a Hawaiian event. Uh, you know, I, I got to ask, do you think, you know, all, all, you know, speculation aside, do you think this is something that could possibly happen during your career? Uh, I hope that it would happen during my career, but honestly, um, I think it will. Uh, Hawaii is actually putting money into rebuilding their stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the main issues that Dana had with Hawaii was that was like the weather was so unpredictable. And in order to like to do an event where like they would be able to make money logistically, like make sense and financially make sense, they would need like a pretty big card. And um, so the only stadium capable of accommodating that was outdoors at Aloha Stadium. And he was just kind of worried because of the weather in Hawaii, how it's kind of unpredictable. It rains out of nowhere and stuff. And um, and it was an open-air stadium, so he was worried, like, all, like, the lighting and the cameras and shit would get rained on. So I know that was one of his big concerns, but uh, Hawaii is putting money into, um, into rebuilding their stadium. And so, uh, I don't know, man. Once that stadium's rebuilt, we might get it, you know, if not sooner. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope that that would happen as well. Now, I, I've heard from a number of fighters from Hawaii that being Hawaiian was a major influence on their career. It's one of the reasons they got into MMA. Do you feel that being from Hawaii is part of the reason that you are a fighter today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, fighting is, like, pretty well respected in Hawaii. Um, it, it has, like, a really long history. Like, a lot of big names have fought in Hoi. Uh, like, Anderson Silva, um, Robbie Lawler, uh, BJ Penn. You know, like, a lot of the big names, a lot of legends have come through Hawaii. There used to be big fights um, back when MMA wasn't even on TV, you know, before it was even on Spike TV when I was a little kid in elementary. There were huge fights at the stadium, and I didn't really know what it was. I wasn't really allowed to go because it was pretty crazy. But, um, like, it, it, it was, like, a story, like, 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 legendary thing, like, it was really, like, coveted to, like, have, like, to be a part of that card, and, like, you know, it instantly got you respect, um, and it's, like, one of the things that kids look up to, you know, like, they see all the glory of, like, battle, you know, and they see it, and they kind of, like, they want to be a part of it. And, and do you feel like that's still true about Hawaii? Because, obviously, you know, it's been a long time since you were in elementary school, do you feel like right now Hawaii still has that, that reputation that sort of looks up to fighters? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely still like that. You know, um, they used to do news stories on me every time I fight. One of my good friends, Rob DeMello, he would do stories on me every time I fought. Um, and it's just, it's, it, it's a huge thing in Hawaii. It's part of, like, the mainstream culture. And is that weird to you when you go somewhere where that's not the case? You know, like, obviously you've trained other places than just in Hawaii. You know, you've traveled and fought in other places that's, you know, not just Hawaii. Is it weird to you almost that, like, you know, there is less media coverage off of the island? Um, it is a little strange. Uh, 
like being from Hawaii, like we grew we grew up with fighting. You know, it's just ingrained in the culture. It's just it's, it's a part of it's a part of everyday life. And yeah, it, it is a little strange to to like go to these places where, um, where like it's just getting started. You know, mixed martial arts is just becoming a thing, and it, it, it's kind of interesting to see how that works and like how these guys are like like just taking off and there's just starting to be interest or excitement in it, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a, um, like a nostalgic feeling almost, you know? Absolutely. Now I, I want to talk about your fight coming up, not just the past and not just, you know, possible things. So, you know, you're fighting Ryan McDonald up in Vancouver. It's obviously a big fight for your career. You, you don't want to drop two in a row right here. Uh, you know, how much pressure do you feel coming into this fight having come off a recent loss? Um, you know, uh, I, I, I feel pressure every fight, dude. Every fight is just rough for me, like emotionally, physically, like mentally. It's draining, dude, because this is what I do. Like I've staked my entire identity on this, on being a fighter, on being one of the best in the world since I, since I can remember, since I've known what fighting was. And, um, it's like, it's a lot on your shoulders, you know? You go around, you tell people, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to do this and that. And then they're like, so naturally, the first thing they say is, okay, sure. What makes you special? Why do you think that you can do this when so many other people have tried and failed? And so you tell them, oh, like, um, I don't know. I think my grappling, for me, it was my grappling. I think I'm, a, I'm, I think I'm an amazing grappler. I think I'm one of the best. And so, okay, well, well, if they ever see you lose grappling, like, it's like, oh, I guess you're not that great, you know? And everyone starts to doubt you. So you're trying to like you're putting your identity, your your entire self on the line every time like you step out there, you know. And not just fighting, just every day in practice, every day, every anytime you compete, you're putting your entire identity on the line. And it's like it's a lot, dude. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it too. Now I gotta ask, you know, you have all these past fights. You know, you put yourself out there as this, like, grappler. You know, like, that's what you put down as, like, the special thing about you. Do you feel extra pressure to go to the grappling because of that mentality? I feel pressure to not grapple. Wow. Because everyone's like, oh, so, like, after a while, it's like, oh, you're a grappler, but to be a champion, you have to evolve, so now we need to see you strike. And it became, like, like besides, um, like, a lot of fans, they don't want to see you grapple. They want to see you knock people out. They don't want to see grappling. So it becomes like a thing where like you have to like satisfy the fans or satisfy the bosses and show them that you're evolving as a fighter and that you're not just going to rely on the same old tricks, you know? So you've, you've got like, you're so now like you feel pressure to, to show like, to showcase different, different aspects of your toolkit, to showcase like, um, to show that you're growing and evolving and, that you won't rely on the same old tricks, that you're a different fighter, that something that, like, even if you lose, you know, you're still evolving and something else, like, you, you have the ability to be a champion because you're well-rounded, and that makes you special. And so you need to show all these different facets of, like, your, your toolkit. That, that's interesting to me. And now I, I got to ask, too, because this mindset is so, you know, fascinating to me. I, I got to ask, do you feel this mindset while you're in the midst of a fight or just before the fight, while you're preparing for a fight? Um. I don't really think about much before the fight. Like, like the nerves are a big deal. Like, long, long. Sorry, I'm playing Counter Strike right now. But the nerves are a big deal. Um, like for me, it gets bad. Like, like the first time I feel it is when I like sign the fight. 
or like they're like, oh, do you want to fight this guy? Like we're trying to match this, and then you got to say yes or no. The first time you get the name, that that day I'm like on edge the whole day. And then um, you start to go away for a little bit. You train hard, you know, like just like every other day, like the training. You, you work hard. You, you do your best to be the best every day. And then your next, the next day, you're um, like, and then like I goes away for a little while, and then maybe like three weeks out, I start to get like nightmares. Like I'm by myself, like thinking about the fight late at night. And, like, I'll just be up all night thinking, or I'll be up for hours. Like, I'll try to lay down at, like, 11 or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to come out. All right, you can throw the jab. And so I got to move my head to the right to be the jab and not, not be in line for the street. But now he's got, he's got the switch kick. So what if he throws the switch kick? So then I have to be ready to catch the switch kick to the body. But then what if he throws the hook? So then I have to be able to move and, and then circle back this way. What if he catches me with the switch kick to the body? Am I going to shoot him for the takedown? My head will be in line for a guillotine now. And then, so I have to evade the guillotine and immediately fight grips. But what if he, what if he catches it and like, like rolls the triangle? And like, so I'm just doing this for hours and hours and just, just running through scenarios in my head, like in like this like panic, nervous state. And I'll do that for hours and hours. And I'll look at the clock and it's like four in the morning and you got to be up for practice and like, and like at like two, you know, or at like eleven, you know. And you got like six hours of sleep now, and it's just, it's, it's like, it's a horrible process, honestly very it's very very draining emotionally and mentally and mentally well that certainly sounds it now i, I don't want to force you to go through any more situations than you already go through because it sounds like you go through a lot but i gotta ask you you know if everything goes to plan here uh, you know against ryan mcdonald how do you see this fight playing out if it goes the way you want it to um i'm gonna try to I'm going to try to break him. Just I'm just going I did, I did some training up in high altitude at Big Bear. Um I think my cardio is great. I'm going to try to break him. I'm going to put the pressure on him. I'm going to try to break him. Well, we're certainly looking forward to whatever it is that means to break him. But uh once again this is Lewis Smolka who fights uh Ryan McDonald at UFC in Vancouver this weekend coming up. Lewis, thank you so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. No problem, Dan. Thanks for having me on. This is Daniel Gumby Freeman with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Jimmy Crew, who fights Misha Serkinov this weekend at UFC in Vancouver. So, Jimmy, first, I want to talk a little bit about that last fight that you had. You picked up a huge TKO victory over Sam Alvey. He sort of complained about the stoppage at the end of it. What do you think of the stoppage? Um, I think if I had a fight up when I dropped him in the first place, he would have been unconscious, so... No, I, I let him off the hook. I cost myself a lot of money by doing that. And, um, you know, we live and we learn, and I'm going to move on. And if I ever drop someone again and I beat them until they're unconscious, you can blame Sam Alvey for that. All right. Well, we certainly will uh, will hold that one against him. Now, you're just three fights into your UFC career, this one upcoming being your third fight, and you're getting a ranked opponent here in Misha Serkinov, who, who's in the UFC Top 15. Were you surprised that the UFC went right to a ranked name uh, in your third fight? I asked for it. Um, we could have, you know, I, people say not to rush and, and there's time and stuff, but I, I just want to fight the best guys. And Misha Serkinov is the best guy available. He's one of the best guys in the world. So, you know, if an opportunity comes knocking, I'm not going to turn it back. And you said you asked for him. Was there something particular about him that made you want to ask for him? Is there a reason why him and not uh, somebody else on the fringe of the 15? 
No, I asked for a ranked opponent. I didn't ask for Misha in particular. I just said to give me a rank. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I also want to ask you about a couple other guys because there are a few people with very similar win streaks with you at the bottom of the 205-pound top 15. You know, you got somebody like Johnny Walker who's 3-0. You got somebody like Alexander Rachich who's undefeated since he's come to the UFC. Are those names kind of on the radar as guys who are, like, walking the same path as you up the rankings? Or are you focused much higher up on the division? No, I, I, I don't really. I know. I, I really rate those guys. I reckon they're great fighters. And I, I think I'll meet them in the top five one day. Um, I think it would be stupid to match us up when we're all trying to climb. But, yeah, I, I look at the whole division. Uh, every time there's a light heavyweight top 15 fight, I'll, I'll tune in. But I'm just focused on Misha Serkinov. Um, no, he's not an easy fight, so oh, he has he has all of my attention. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. He, he is certainly uh, an interesting fight here because he's a lot different than the other guys you've fought so far. You know, you fought Paul Craig, who's a guy who's really good at submissions, but maybe not that great at wrestling. Then you fought Sam Alvey, who's, you know, pretty much at his heart a big striker and, and not much else. You know, Misha Serkinov's got a wrestling background. How do you think you match up with a style like his? He's got a judo background. Um, I think I match up really well. I think he's... We're, like, apart from, like, the South Ball Orthodox and stuff, I think we're very similar. Like, um, he ties things together well, but I just, I just think I'm a, I'm a lot faster. I'm a lot faster than him, and I'm a, just a bit more relaxed in there. So I'm, I'm going to be able to hit him and get out of the way before he can land anything on me. And, um, you know, I, I think this, as I said before, this is going to be the biggest test of my career. So, um, you know, we'll see if I'm ready for it. And I think I am. And you said in there, too, that you think that this is a fight where you think you're going to be able to get in and tag him and get right out. Is this a fight that you don't see going to the ground under any circumstance? Are you have no interest in grappling with him? It'll go to the ground if I drop him. Uh, all right. Well, that is certainly one way that it could go to the ground. Now, I, I do want to ask you, because I like to ask everybody that I interview, uh, you know, you've obviously got a picture of how you'd like to see this fight go, and, and seemingly it's it's all about the hands this weekend. Is there a prediction for how quick you feel like you can get him out of there, or do you see this one being a, a long, drawn-out battle? Uh, it depends what Mesh Sirkinov shows up. Uh, you know, I'd, a lot of people question his chin but I don't think he's got a bad chin I think he's just been caught by really good guys so you know it depends it depends if 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 I hit him and he wants to go down if he if he wants to stay I'll, I'll be ready for um I'll be ready for three rounds don't worry about that all right and, and so you know I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier you mentioned that you you don't want to wait. You know, you're a young guy, but at the same time, you're not looking to, to make the slow climb up the division. How often would you like to fight should you come out of this fight relatively unscathed? I love to fight three or four times a year. Maybe more. I love, if, they, if they offer me a fight, I'll say yes. Awesome. So we, we would certainly like to see you again before the end of the year. I mean, you know, granted that this fight goes exactly the way you would like. Now, I got one more question, too, for you. You know, as you start to take a peek at the top of the division, you, you know, I assume this win here gets you ranked. Uh, you know, that next fight up, are, are we looking for a top 10 guy? Are we looking for a top 5 guy? Exactly how high do we want to climb this year? Anyone with a number next to their name. I, I don't really mind anyone with a number. All right. Well, so, then- like, uh, yeah, as long as I get a number, I'm, I'm good to fight. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This is... 
Jimmy Crew, who fights Misha Serkinov at UFC in Vancouver this upcoming Saturday. Jimmy, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Nah, thank you, bro. Appreciate it.